0: Get on in there, see what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun.
1: As long as you're alive, you got to try.
2: I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about
0: Thanks to Bambi for supporting my show. HR managers aren't cheap. In fact, salaries average seventy thousand dollars a year. Go to bambi.com/slash/dreamjob to schedule your free HR audit. Also, thanks to GoodRx. GoodRx is a free and easy to use service that allows you to track prescription drug prices and get free coupons for discounts on your medications. To start saving up to eighty percent on your prescriptions today, go to goodrx.com/slash/dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I am so thrilled. Because Busy Phillips is here today and she's just awesome. She is awesome. If you don't know who she is, she's an actress. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She's also a podcast host. You might remember seeing her on shows like Freaks and Geeks, Dawson's Creek, Cougar Town, ER, Busy Tonight, or one of my current favorites, Girls 5 Eva. And we're going to get into how all of it came together and what the experience has been like for her on this journey she also has an amazing book called this will only hurt a little it's hilarious it's heartfelt and refreshingly honest it's a memoir where she opens up about dealing with disappointment sexism anxiety and the challenges of being a mom She's so vulnerable in this book, and the way she's faced these struggles can be so inspiring if you're also stuck in any kind of darkness. I think you're really going to resonate with what she shares, so definitely get a copy. We also are going to talk about how Busy started her awesome podcast, Busy Phillips is doing her best. That's what it's called. And on her show, she talks to fascinating friends about moments in their lives when a setback actually opened the door to an even more perfect event and how they are doing their best. And she has some pretty high profile guests. I know a lot of you will love like Tina Fey and Glennon Doyle and Sarah Bareilles. So make sure you go listen to her podcast. Busy was just such a joy to talk with. She's so down to earth and so unapologetically herself. It's truly an honor to have her here. Without further ado, please welcome the wonderful Busy Phillips. Busy Phillips
1: is here in the house and it's a good day. How are you? Thank you for coming here. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I didn't have to go anywhere. I'm just in my bedroom. You're just in
0: your bedroom. And can I tell you what else you just are? You're just so damn down to earth that it's, it's like, you're so pretty that people are like, I'd love to hate her, but I can't because she's really nice. Everybody wants to be your friend because you keep it so real. You're like, how's it going? And people don't feel like, oh, well, she's perfect. Like you are just so yourself. I love that about you. And I love that. I love that you reach out to, to the humans of the world and say, Hey, like, it's not look at me, but come
1: with me. Let's do things. Let's talk. Let's be real. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's a really nice compliment. Well, it's also just like, True. So we're going to talk about your podcast
0: in a moment, but I feel like it would be fun to take a little bit of a walk down, down the journey together of like, why how the we? hell, why wouldn't we? It just, you've only told this story 17,000 times. And then we're for sure going to talk about the TV show. Cause I can't even stand it. Same. Someone heard my prayer. Same. Um, so can you tell us how you got into this thing called being an
1: actress? For sure. Uh, I felt unseen in my home. <laughs> Same in my childhood home. No, I actually have, you know, like I have great parents, but yeah, I had the hole, the hole that a lot of performers have and a deep, deep desire to be seen. And I had that thing that kids often have. And once you become a parent, I am a parent and I have children and you see it and you see it in other people's kids sometimes. And then you see, because what's interesting is like, for me, it's just the way that I always was, but that's not the way all kids are. And it's not the way all people are, totally. you that's know? True. And so I wrote about it in my book a little bit. Like I call it sparkly humans and like sparkly humans <laughs> don't necessarily... End up in entertainment or even a creative pursuit, but they're just people who kind of like just kind of demand the room, you know? And I did theater and stuff when I was little in school and summer camps and those kinds of things not sleep away summer camp. I, I could never sleep over at a camp when I was a kid. No way.
0: I love that you but, made
1: the time to make sure we
0: understood that. Like not just, that. You know, I
1: wasn't, I wasn't like a kid being shipped off for six weeks in the summer. You know what I mean? I was like definitely going to my day camps and then my mom would, you know, stop showing houses and come pick me up and take me home. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just knew from a very young age that it was what I wanted to do when I grew up and like a lot of kids, you know, and because I grew up in Arizona and Scottsdale, I feel like the proximity to Los yeah. Angeles and to Hollywood was fairly close. Like I, I kind of like got it. There were a few kids that I knew in childhood and like teen years that had agents and stuff in in L.A. And right. would like fly over for special right. auditions and stuff. Right. Hollywood adjacent. It was there, it was Hollywood adjacent ish, yeah. ish kind of, but you know, I just like, I also just really wanted to be good at it. And I thought I was going to be a very serious actor and, uh, <laughs> I, I knew I wanted to go to LA for school because New York seemed too far. It was for me at the time. I, remember, I can't even go to camp. You know what I mean? So I will never I, forget it. I remember. Okay, okay. okay good. So I wanted to go to LA and I was just like ready to start working immediately. I wanted to start working when I was like a kid. And my mother was like, Busy, that's a full-time job for those parents. No, I'm no, I've got my real estate. You can do theater. And so I like towards the end of my high school years in Scottsdale, I kind of like got a local manager type lady that was Sending me out on just very strange, small local jobs, none of which I really got. I mean, I was cast in a commercial, a local commercial when I was a senior in high school that was very big. Like it was a really big deal in Arizona because it played all the time. Um, But it was just an open casting call that I went to with all my friends. And what was Uh, it for? It was an anti-smoking commercial. It was like from the Arizona Department of Health. Look at you, doing good for society. Well, I mean, of course, I was like a teenager who smoked, but I I a theater kid, you know? I figured as much. Yeah. So I auditioned for CalArts and I got into CalArts. And I also applied to Loyola Marymount University um, and got in there. But when I was sort of deciding where I wanted to go to school, I read the policy at CalArts, which is that when you're in the conservatory there, you're not allowed to audition or work professionally. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm already ready. Like, I need to go. So I went to LMU and a woman who I had, like, worked with in this industrial trade job in Arizona, her name's Lisa Guerrero. She is now, I think she does, still does, like, sports reporting mostly. Like, she sometimes still acts, but... She introduced me to her manager who's, who was like, let's try this. I want to try to work with you. I was like 18. And then I met with a bigger agency and I like thought it was all going to happen. And then like the agent that I had met with left. (laughs) And so then she took me into a smaller agency that's still around called SMS they asked me to come back and audition. And I went in and did like two scenes for them and they decided to rep me. And then I got Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> I mean, it's like insane.
0: It's insane. There's a little bit of that like quantum shift when someone, because you just said it like five times, you were like, I'm not, I was ready. And like, let's do this. It was kind of like, I'm not trying to be an actor. Like, I am like, let's yes. go. Like your vibration was like, it's already done. So like, what, what is oh, I was, like, long- waiting for everyone else to catch
1: up? I'm like, right. Right. What's happening.
0: So that's really, I think a very important piece of you. And that is why I said, when you came on, there's something so real about you because it just is, you're not trying to impress anybody. There's nothing to prove. You're just like, hi, I'm here. And so are you. And like, We don't need to like do that exhausting thing where we try to do a thing. You have this energy of like, it's just what is. Like since you told this story and that's just what you were doing, you were just gonna do that thing called being actress. Well,
1: I feel like that, I mean, what you just said is essentially the secret to everything. It's certainly the secret to being a human, like being able to really, show up as yourself. You have to figure out what that is first though. And I think that like, sometimes you know it inherently and then sometimes people can lose the plot. Like, I think I lost it for a minute. I really do. There was like, I think I got really bogged down and mired in all the noise of the entertainment industry and what I was hearing, what was being messaged to me and what I thought I needed to do differently in order to succeed. And I just couldn't get out of my own way for year, I think several years in terms of that. And then I think once I kind of like returned to that thing of just being myself and like, oh, all right, if I'm not for you, I'm not for you. Bye. That's when I really feel like I've not only like done the best work, but just had the most fun and yeah. had the best response from people. and Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know. Let's talk about both of those things. Cause I want to talk about that, that moment, that breakthrough of like that liberation of, yeah, I'm done with that. But I want to go back. Cause I'm curious if you could boil it down, all that stuff that you said you were mired in, uh-huh. what was the take home message that you felt? Was it you're to this or be more of this? Like what was the main thing that you were coming up against that you if there was one sort of message that you were hearing that you were letting sort of throw you off, what was it? Well,
1: that's, but see, Kathy, that's the thing. When you're pursuing anything, the message changes. It's a shape shifter because mm-hmm. the gatekeepers change, you know, every time. And so then you're like, okay, I'm not thin enough. Okay. I'm not, okay. I'm too loud. Okay. I don't have a big enough personality okay, wait, my personality is too big. Okay, wait, I need to be prettier and thinner and faster and funnier and slower. And like, you just get uh, the messages become overwhelming. The one thing I will say that was always consistent in being a woman working in Hollywood in like the time that I started out, I would say like 90s, late 90s, early 2000s and up, was more just that, like, thank you so much. The message that you're expendable, that women specifically were expendable and not as valuable as their male counterparts and not not as valuable in terms of how much you were going to get paid, Mm -hmm. not as valuable in terms of your experience Mm -hmm. working with a male actor Mm -hmm. and what, you know, their experience took was took precedent over yours as did any like male director or male DP or male any human on the set. And you were just like, you had to sort of watch it (laughs) because you know, if you couldn't roll with it, like forget it. There's a million girls that look just like you, honey, you're expendable and that there's only room for one. So like, you know, you were in this constant state of competition with every other female actor around you, which early on, I rejected that part. I was like, well, that's just insane. Like, so I'm not going to be friends with,
0: Yeah,
1: I don't get it. Like what? There's a lot that goes into upholding the systems that have been upheld for years and years and years and years it's just really powerful and it's
0: generous to talk about because what happens for us is we see it you know we don't we don't see the behind the scenes of any of this so people love to just assume and they have this story that like she's lucky she's lucky she's lucky when really what's happening is there are people who are who are courageous enough to keep showing up while juggling a very like surreal environment. I mean, it's just not how most humans go through their life. Most humans, like you might have a critical mother or like an aunt who says a few things to you and it's inappropriate and you like hate when she comes for Thanksgiving, but you like ignore her. Let's talk about that more. And then you go in your room and no, I'm just kidding. But you are there like doing your thing It's a craft. You have to show up. And then there's just a tremendous amount that people don't get. And so instead of looking at you and saying like, well, she's just lucky and she just was given those looks and she's this. And it's like, it's really not like that.
1: Right. And, but also Kathy load on top of that. I am an attractive white cisgender, right, great girl. So like, I know how, like I felt And I already am, like, walking through the door with this privilege going for me in terms of what is being looked for. So it's like, I can't even imagine some, I mean, Renee Elise Goldsberry, who's on my show on uh, Girls 5 Eva, she's, first of all, like, the greatest human of all time. So infinitely talented in all ways. You know, and I just appreciate all of her work that she's done over the years, but really has, you know, she found work wherever she, she was on a soap opera and you see Hamilton and you're like, Oh, that's a star who should have been starring winning Tony from like the word jump. Obviously the star of a television show, obviously, of course. Of course but she's course. like, yeah. Been out there working at any angle she can since, you know, the nineties as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And just taking, you know, taking, That's the thing, like we take the jobs, you know, we get called in for and then we can get. Yep. So then let's
0: fast forward to that place where you decided to liberate yourself from, from that. How did you even notice it? And then how did you get unstuck from that little
1: chapter where you
0: felt kind of caught in the weeds of it?
1: Oh, I think it was like, it wasn't even something that was conscious. Mm -hmm. It was completely on an unconscious, subconscious level, but I was miserable. <laughs> so I was actually miserable. I was miserable in all ways. And I just was like, I don't like any of this. I don't like particularly like being a mom. I don't particularly like living this life. I don't like doing these jobs. Like, what is this? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of times I do hear women talk about how like they're mid thirties, they're late thirties. they, have these moments of reckoning. And I did, that is truly what I had. I think it was, you know, my mid thirties in Cougartown town was coming to an end. And I was like, looking at the landscape of my career and feeling kind of just like trapped. And, you know, when you feel trapped, it's because there's a lack of options and opportunity for you but then you have to examine like, why is that? Why yeah, it's a bad do
0: you... feeling. That's a hard, it's that's a, a t- tough word. Yeah. trapped. A, it is.
1: Yeah. And then you have to like, if you want to feel better, you have to look at like, well, why do I feel trapped? And what led me to this place? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, huh. That's interesting. I feel like I like painted myself a little bit into a corner in terms of not working on writing and, and other creative outlets. And interestingly for me, like Instagram and Instagram stories became another creative outlet for me. And it became a place where I was like getting super into building these little stories every day about my life. And I really loved it. And it was sort of through that process that I kind of rediscovered my own voice. And, like, of course I can do anything I want. Like, yeah, I, that I was the best. Be, yeah. Because you went right to us. Like you went right to the people
0: rather than like, oh, I yeah. have to play this part. And this person has to give me permission to say a thing and stand a certain place. It was like, I have it. It's this. I'm just going to go put it out there. Let's talk about, because I don't know if everybody knows all the moments in your career, but mm-hmm. you had a show on E and what I didn't know is that it was canceled the same day you were nominated for a Critics Choice Award what kind of mind f is that that's insane
1: I mean it felt at that point it just was it felt like of course that entire experience was wild from start to finish <laughs> because I'd had this whole thing this reckoning and I was like Feeling yeah. so in myself and yeah. my creativity and and what I wanted to do and the things and so clear about what I wanted to put into the world moving forward in a way that I had never been sort of critically thinking about before. Really, I was just like, "Who wants me? Where can I go? Where can I fit in? <laughs> what I, what can I do? Who's going to pay me money?" You know, I was just always in a constant panic. Panic. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. Paula Pell. That's like Paula Pell. (laughs) But I was just in a constant state of panic always about getting jobs, acting jobs. And then, you know, here I have this like epiphany, this other, honestly, like revenue stream shows up that frees me from having to leave my children and move to another country or state to do Oh my god! a bad television show that's like written by two white dudes about a single woman. Like I just was so grateful for all of those things. And then had written my book, had spent the time writing my book while Mark was directing I Feel Pretty with his partner Abby. And so, and I was in that movie, but like really just because I was there. <laughs> naturally <laughs> like just and then had the idea for the talk show you know and it all came together so quickly it was such a fun job i mean first of all obviously i've been doing this long enough that i know what it's like to do press for shows or movies or anything that you want people to see or watch or that you don't and you have to oh do press God. for it anyway And I know how difficult it can be to get it up, to go beyond those shows, but it it is such a part of it all, you know, a part that you don't get paid for, which still is surprising, like still seems weird to me. That was in part why I wanted to do my own talk show was just to like give people promoting things, to give them like a fun time while they were doing it. Yeah.
0: Which you you totally
1: achieved that. Thanks. I also just felt like no show ever was a late night show that I particularly wanted to watch at this point. And I wanted that. I wanted that.
0: I mean, you're, you're busy. Well, you're busy and you're busy, but you started a podcast and I'm like, she has a lot of things that she has on her plate. What made you want to start a podcast?
1: Well, the podcast is sort of interesting because after busy tonight was canceled, Casey St. On, she was my showrunner and I started working. Well, first of all, we thought we were going to move busy tonight to another home Mm -hmm. and we were taking meetings and doing things. And I had this feeling like what we needed to be doing was figuring out a way to be doing it ourselves in some form. And so we started like formulating this, Thing, this idea. And then what ended up happening was we had all of these meetings with financial money people, whatever. Oh, and while we we're building this, we had sold a podcast, like almost like a startup to go with us trying to like relaunch the show in this way. It was just going to be like this all encompassing thing. Yeah. And then we were like getting there and we were almost getting our like financing and we had this plan like being like for South by Southwest, like being held and our like big meeting with the money people was scheduled for. Yeah. I think it was like March. It was March 17th, 2020 in New York. Um, the meeting did not happen. Everything went away. Everything disappeared. Yeah. I disappeared into teaching first grade know, and know. trying to keep my preteen, safe, online and sane, trying to keep myself sane. And I just was like, I can't even think about it. And the podcast company, we had recorded hours and hours of this like podcast. The podcast company was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, throw it all away. Like it doesn't mean anything and it's stupid. Like it's not going to make sense. And then I think sometime in June, I was chatting with Shantira Jackson, who is a writer on Busy Tonight. And she's also, a stand up and a writer and performer in her own right outside of Busy Tonight. But I was chatting with her and I was like, you know, do you want to do a podcast with me and Casey about unexpected life turns, <laughs> pivots? And she's like, yeah, I could be down to do that. I was like, okay, I think we have to do like 30 episodes for this company. Like, literally, I was like, I think I signed this contract and I got to do it. So, do you want to do it? So, we ended up just changing the whole. Thing, making it about a pivot, at, talking to some people about like times in their lives when, you know, they thought a thing was going to go one way, it went yep. the other way. And it was also, I think, especially in that moment, like just everyone, no matter where they were at, was being asked to make some sort of a pivot, whether it was 100% you know, like long held beliefs systems of oppression that have been <laughs> held up, <laughs> believes that they had nothing to do with the, those systems, um, you know, or like actually moving across country or people were like moving back sure. with their families or people yeah. were getting laid off. Anyway, so that's what the podcast started about. And here we are.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. For anyone who's <laughs> listening, it's called Busy Phillips is Doing Her Best and it's a great show. She's had people on like Lennon Doyle, but also Tina Fey and Sarah Bareilles, which yeah. um, will lead us into talking about your TV show. But I love the podcast. And again, I just think it's extremely indicative of who you are, where, like I said before, you're willing to sort of like pull back the curtain and there's never this prescriptive advice with you. Like come around children. Let me tell you what it is that you need to do. It's more like okay, well, I'm on this journey with you. I'm trying to figure it out. And let's face it, that takes courage. Most people would rather just hold it up like as if it's all whatever they want it to look like it is. And that never really works. I don't know why people keep choosing that path, but most people do. But your path is more like, yeah, hotmess.com. Like let's let's do it. You know, <laughs> it's like,
1: like life is <laughs> yeah. life. Life is life. I think life is, is messy. You know, I just also think that one of the most valuable lessons I learned as an adult, like a real adult is that asking questions is not a negative thing. And like being curious and critically thinking about things is not bad. Like you think that you have all the answers I'm going to tell you, you definitely do not. it it does boggle my mind when people aren't open to the possibilities of, well, what if, what if another thing is true? And I think it's really interesting right now. We're definitely have been asked in this time. Many, many people have been asked to like double down on their beliefs and not allowing any room for anything else to get in or permeate and it's not a great place to live and certainly a lot doesn't get accomplished from that place yeah so it's not super beneficial no when you're looking at a culture (laughs) yeah
0: I think people inherently want certainty because people are always just trying to protect themselves and so it's like it's amazing I'm, how much we will suffer because we will be unwilling to move from whatever feels certain, even when it's right. literally killing you and right. the world around you, which is so many things. And I actually wanted to ask you on a slightly different take, but related to who you are. I meet so many amazing human beings who they listen to the show and they are they are so filled with goodness and light and ideas, but the amount of fear and shame and guilt, the amount of perfectionism, the amount of, I I could never do it. I could never put up a podcast or write a blog post or be myself, whatever that is, because there's a big old thing called rejection, right? And there's a big old thing called, I know how I've built survival strategies to like at least survive here. And so they don't do this thing that they want to do. And you are someone who you continue to, at least what I can see is you do show up as yourself. And as you said before, and you you got to that that place where you lost that grip a little bit and then went back to like, you know what, if people don't like it, it's just going to have to be okay with me, right? So what would you say to people who are listening right now who to use your word, or feel trapped in their own fear of rejection, or I could never do that unless I was already perfect, or I could never do that unless I already had the permission slip or the stamp of approval from someone else. And therefore I'm literally stuck because I'm so afraid of doing something not perfect or not being liked.
1: Well, it's interesting because I, like I was saying, like you see, once you become a parent, humans become very clear if you're observant and if you spend any time
3: mm-hmm.
1: with them. Yeah. But here's what I think might be a thing that some people are able to access a little bit easier than others, but it's just really simple. It's try, like trying. You have to try. You have to try and you have to try hard. You have to try. And if you don't, Like, uh, nothing's going to happen ever, right? Mm -hmm. And all that fear and all that stuff, of course, it's telling you not to try the thing. Obviously, we know that. But when you see it in a kid, like the resilience of being, you know, even when they're really little, like being like not invited into play, and it's sad and crying and they whatever, and then they're just like, the next day, going to go ask again. (laughs) And I know that you get to a point where you're like, yeah, I'm 35. I'm sick of asking. I get it. But the deal is, as long as you're alive, you got to try. And it's truly like the only important thing that you can do as a creative, as a person. You got to try to make the world a little bit better. You got to try to understand. You got to try to be a decent human. You got to try to eat pretty healthily. You know, you got to try to be a good parent. I know it sounds so stupid. It's not, it's so good. It's just like everything.
0: It's so good. It reminds me, we went to the Hollywood Bowl to see back when you can go there um, to see Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And we took my kids and I remember watching it with them. So I was thinking about their perspective and the scene that I realized for me is the whole movie is when he's walking down the street and he already thinks that all five tickets are gone and then he hears that one is still remaining and he sees a silver coin in this like side of the street little graded thing and he looks at the candy store and he knows that if he spends this money, A, his family desperately needs it, B, he's already broken his heart because he's tried it and he's failed and he makes this decision to like, go back in the store. And then he's like, I'd like to buy another Wonka bar. And then they hand it to him. And he's, you know, they're like, you know, of course the newsman knows who he is. Everybody in a movie, the town, everyone knows he's like run straight home, Charlie. And I started to cry. And I realized in that moment, that's the moment I want my kids to get that moment. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, oh, and then this happened to him. It happened to him. It's like, (laughs) being willing to get up to bat. It's important. It's the whole thing. It's, It's it takes courage to be like, I'm doing it again. Even if it turns out I'm going to be willing to risk that I actually do want this thing and it's, it might hurt. And so what, I'm still doing
1: it again. It's tough, especially now, I think for people to want to keep trying I get like, I really get it. And I think that that, I mean, above all else in the last year and a half, I think that has been like the collective thing we've been grappling with, where it's like, why do we keep trying? yeah get fatigued. Yeah. Get fatigued. There are so many things that you feel like you're up against and so many things that need trying. Yeah. <laughs> But (laughs) I need you to show up and try. And so then you're just like, well, I can't do all this. I don't know how to do this. But, you know, watching the experiences of my older kid and my little one too, but like just how getting their heart broken and then just continuing to try Mm -hmm. has been really illuminating for me.
0: I love it because it would be so much more impressive when someone comes along and says oh no it's not try here's the formula it's six things and there's an acronym and blah 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 it's actually so much more um, achievable when you break it down to that right and it's like where yeah. in your life are you making a choice to stop trying when like as long as you're here in this world there really isn't a choice to not because otherwise it all sort of falls apart I love this conversation but let's just take a quick ad break to thank our sponsors. GoodRx is a free and easy-to-use service that allows you to track prescription drug prices and get free coupons for discounts on your medications. You can instantly compare prices for your prescriptions across 70,000 pharmacies like CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, Walmart, and more to find the best discount available for you. GoodRx is often cheaper to use than your insurance, copay, or Medicare. It's no wonder that millions of Americans use GoodRx to get affordable health care every month. I went to their site and saw that I could save like 50% on some prescriptions, which is pretty crazy and also really helpful since the cost of medications can go through the roof. And considering healthcare can already be so expensive, I think it's awesome that they're making the price of prescriptions more affordable. To start saving up to 80% on your prescriptions today, go to GoodRx.com. Slash dream job. That's goodrx.com slash dreamjob to start saving up to 80% on your prescriptions. GoodRx is not insurance, but can be used instead of insurance. In 2020, GoodRx users received an average savings of over 70% of retail prices. When you're running a business, the last thing you want to deal with are HR issues, like wrongful termination suits or minimum wage requirements and labor regulations. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap. In fact, it's an average of $70,000 a year. Thankfully, Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. They customize your policies to fit your business and can help you manage your employees day to day. You pay month to month and there's no hidden fees. Plus you can cancel anytime. I love that with Bambi, you're basically changing HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. That can be such a game changer. And when you have a good HR manager on your team, that gives you more freedom to do the parts of your business that you enjoy. Go to Bambi.com slash dream job right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash dream job spelled Bambi.com slash dream job. So another thing that you're doing, which if anyone's feeling miserable, I'm going to say something that I don't usually say because it's (laughs) maybe illegal to say that you can guarantee results. Oh, if you're feeling miserable or meh, or, or even if you're feeling great and you want to sustain that, you have to watch, if you're listening, you have to watch Girls 5 Eva because it's not normal how much fun it is to watch it. Can you tell us how this project came about and how you got the yummy role, and how much fun it was to shoot it? Oh, my God.
1: Well, so many questions, and I have all the answers for you. Um, first <laughs> of all, the show is on Peacock, which is the NBC Universal streaming service. So if people don't know how to get it, I don't really know how to tell you, except I'm pretty sure you can Google how to. I got to- it. I first got it when I heard Punky Brewster was coming back. Yes. Um, Saved by the Bell was on it. The (laughs) Saved by the Bell reboot. So you can get it on
0: your phone and you can also get it on your TV. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some people have just had a lot of thoughts and feelings about how to get Peacock. And I'm like, I don't... don't It's not hard to get. It was on my Apple TV. I just looked it up on my Apple TV. It's so easy to get. Yeah. It's a click away. But anyway. So yeah. I mean, I sort of wasn't really on the market for acting jobs like I get sent stuff every once in a while that's being offered to me you know I have friends that know that if they're doing a thing and I would love to work with them and other than that I'm not I wasn't really on the lookout plus like I said Casey and I had been working on this whole thing like my friend Charles Rogers and Sarah Violet Bliss from Search Party asked me to come do an episode of the season before the pandemic you know like I was super excited to go do that show. Cause I, that's like one of my favorite shows. I love watching it. And the part was so silly and it was fun. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm not like in the market necessarily, but I was doing the podcast. We had like just a whole series of events in our life. As everyone did in like late summer, 2020, early fall, That led us to leaving LA for what we thought was going to be three weeks. And we came to New York for three weeks because the fires in LA were really bad and I couldn't breathe. And my older kid has asthma. And it was also just a really, you were there. Yeah. We also left. You you did. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. And Mm -hmm. then on the sort of like tail end of the shutdown and what ha- we'd been going through I mean it was just like a lot and I we had to get out I had to get out I felt like I don't even know plus the election was looming. I don't know how to describe it other than I was like having a very very strong like fight or flight there was like thing. a dark web like right yes. there I felt that it too. really was in in Los Angeles and I percent. I was like I gotta get out we gotta get out we decided <laughs> on the Friday of the fires. And like Sunday morning, we're on a flight with like the dog and the kids and pandemic. And we flew to New York. So we were in New York and Tina Fey texted me, why are you in New York? I saw on your Instagram, you're on New York. Why are you in New York? I was like, "I, Tina, it's a long story. I really honestly don't even know why I'm here, but we are. And my kids are doing Zoom school anyway, so it doesn't even matter. And we're just here. And then she was like, okay, well, will you call me? Can you jump on the phone tomorrow? I want to talk to you about something. I have a weird work question for you. And I was like, okay. And the next day she texted me in the morning, like, what time do you think you could talk? And I was like, oh, call me at this time, (laughs) which I didn't realize I had scheduled my podcast at that time with Casey. I was recording my podcast. So she called and left me a message. And then as things happen, I got after my podcast. Something else happened and then something and my kids and da da da. da. So next thing you know, it's like 8 30 at night. We had gotten food delivered, of course, and they'd forgotten tortillas. And I was just like grumpy about the fact I needed tortillas with my food. Like I was just like, I hate eating in, like I'm so annoyed. Like everything. I have to go get tortillas. It became a whole thing. I stomped out to get tortillas and like was waiting for the tortillas on the corner and was scrolling on my phone. I was like, Oh no, Tina, I never called her back. And I totally flaked on this. And so I texted her, Hey, I'm so sorry. I lost track of today. And she's like, great. Are you available right now? I was like, yes. And she's like, so listen, we have this show and, uh, you know, we're basically going to start shooting in a couple of weeks and it's eight episodes on Peacock and it's about a nineties girl group who tries to make a comeback. It's it's in, so you it's beyond, it was, it's like, it's written for you. I don't even I, get it. Well, and she said, she was like, you know, Meredith, who I had worked with a little bit on Kimmy Schmidt, you know, Meredith had always sort of thought of you for this part. And I, you know, I always thought you'd be great for this part too. I know you sing, um, but you were in LA and I wasn't ever going to ask you to move to New York, especially with your kids. And they're in school there. I know what that is, So I wasn't even ever going to bring it up, but you're here. Do you want to just stay and do this show? Yeah. Oh, it was it was a real, like... It's the best. Fall down on the ground. It's the best. Could have gone anywhere. We came to Uh, New York. I don't know. And that was it, man. It is so
0: good. It is so meant to be that it was already in the stars. Like, you were going to play the part. That's why you got on the flight. That's why it all worked out. So how fun is it to shoot that? I mean, you guys look like you are in actual heaven, actual heaven, the entire, every line is funny. How fun
1: to like say things that you love saying. I mean, it's it's fantastic. It is a dream job. It was a dream job from that phone call, from just how it even came together until the very... Last frame of watching the show. Uh, And what's it like working with Sarah Bareilles? Well, she's a dream. And she was so sweet because she had done Waitress on Broadway, obviously, but she'd never acted in, in a TV show before. I mean, she'd produced that show. Sing Up? little voice no it oh was little like,
0: voice like, right right she was yeah. on this Off, yeah but she produced little voice that's right yeah that's like she the story a of her kind of right
1: yeah and she was a producer on that show and she was like she was pretty involved in it but she wasn't you know an actor and I think you know coming into it I do think she was nervous that you know what what am I doing and like <laughs> the day we had our hair and makeup tests she was like so can I just ask you like what happens like what's gonna happen can you just walk me through what's gonna happen so um, cute no it was great because also I was able to go to her and say okay so with this four-part harmony you walk me through what's gonna happen here <laughs> how am I uh how am I gonna hit that note how am I gonna get that note how do, am I gonna know that note how are we recording that is that in real life like real time what's happening oh my god it's so um, good what do you think's gonna come from this
0: because it's it's so magical like I feel like it needs to go on forever or like become oh like a movie or 15 other things do you do you think that there's other things that
1: will come from it I don't know I'm so happy to be able to know that we're gonna go back and do a second season I'm like so thrilled because I really also oh, you know so I read the script and obviously loved summer and then I had to figure out like who she, all of that stuff is so fun for me you know figuring out who she is and what oh my god what she looks so like And what the, what her life is and what her, her voice and her, all of her things, it was the most fun I've ever had because it was also like part of the freedom for me with that part was just that, as we've discussed, I don't really care about acting in the future. So I was a little bit like, I can just go for it because I'm not trying to be a thing for someone else like I'm only trying to have Meredith and Tina and Jeff and myself like find this funny and I love that. so and truthful you know it was the most freest experience I've ever had on television it's honestly just it's the most delicious thing to to watch
0: and I think that's a great place to leave this conversation because when it comes down to it, you are saying something that's actually rare. I feel like we all do this thing where it's like, I'll be happy when I achieve this thing. Then you get that goal. Then you move the goalpost. Totally. And then once in a while you hear people say like, oh, I'm doing this because in this moment, this thing actually is fun. And that's why I'm doing it because more than the goal of winning this Emmy or this Oscar or whatever it is and making this money or having the second home, the goal is like, I want to actually like my life. And it's such a cool story arc because you said about whatever, 32 minutes ago, like I was miserable. Like I didn't like any of it. And you got yourself out of that dance with yourself to give yourself permission to free yourself of this thing called what other people want of me versus, oh yeah, it's my day. It's my sandwich. It's my life. What then? Right. And so I think that that is like the most inspiring thing for people to hear. And it was just so fun to talk to you.
1: Thanks. Thanks so much.
0: Tell us where we can find your things. The show we already know is on Peacock, but tell us more and tell us about anything else. The book that came out a couple of years ago, but is still great. The podcast, the Instagram, all the things.
1: Podcast is wherever you find podcasts and it's called Busy Phillips is doing her best. Yeah. We have some great episodes. I actually just realized we have a new episode up today that I did not post about yet. I'm bad at it. I handle my own social media. I have nobody... Why is that happening? Me. Why are you? I, why that's because not? I don't. I just no. It's okay. You it's are okay. just taking
0: on I just, the world. I'll I handle just, it. I know I have seventeen thousand DMs a second,
1: but I got this. I got it. I would just prefer. I know that people use like companies and stuff, but especially because it's just like always been my personal account. Why would you I'm ever like, do that when you can be in never. it twenty four seven? Of course. I just. Well, I just don't, yeah.
0: But But it keeps it authentic. You can tell that it's you. That's the thing.
1: But also, I don't feel just, let's be real, obviously. I don't feel pressure to post. (laughs) But you're not. You're not. Clearly, I'm not like posting content all the time nobody's like,
0: tax got dollars go to whether you post or not like you owe nobody so nothing you can that's post right. whatever
1: but yeah. that's what I'm saying like I think people need to relieve themselves of that idea like you don't yeah. have to continually right. <laughs> post things like sometimes I people don't believe this. They're like, no, you don't. I was like, yeah, dude, look at it. Sometimes I go like two days. I don't put up anything new on Instagram. If I fall off of some people's feed. Okay. If that, when they're interested again, they'll find me Correct. like it's fine. Um, I'm not beholden to the gram in that way. But so busy Phillips is doing her best is my podcast. And then, yeah, my book is this will only hurt a little. It's available in paperback and hardcover. You can probably find it on sale somewhere. I we recommend will. the audio book. Oh, it's so good. We will put I links. Reddit.
0: Yeah. And that's why I said it's such a treat when somebody like you actually reads the book because it's like a whole experience. Go get it. We will put links to everything in the show notes and we'll do swipe ups to everything.
1: And yeah. And then I'm on Instagram. It's just my name, but my last name is P-H-I-L-I-P-P-S. And a lot of people spell it incorrectly and then they're mm-hmm. confused. I don't know.
0: Just that's say it. F those people. Just be like, I, I like you or I don't. And if you can't take the time to spell it correctly, then then there's none of this for you. Busy, you are a delight. I already obviously really liked you, but now I like, love you. Thank Aww. you for just being so cool. People are going to like, love you now well, even you more. You are
1: a somebody, like you're a person in the world, dude. <laughs> like, Thanks. you know what I mean? I am a like, somebody. You are. Well, you're the
0: best and Thank I'm going to- Rewatch all of the things that you've done because it's fun to do that again. But thank you. And if I can support you in any way, then that's a done deal. Thanks, Kathy. I really appreciate it. You're awesome. I love talking to Busy. If you want to watch me talk to Busy on video, you can see it on my Kathy Heller YouTube channel. The link will always be in the show notes. Here are the takeaways. Number one, when you feel trapped, examine why you feel trapped and what led you to that place. Number two, life is messy and that's okay. Okay. Number three, ask questions and stay curious. Number four, be open to the possibilities of what if. Number five, show up as yourself. When you stop trying to impress everyone, that's when you do your best and have the most fun. Number six, you have to try. As long as you're alive, you've got to try. And number seven, you find freedom when you don't have to be something for someone else. Okay, now we're going to celebrate today's giveaway winner. Every Monday and Thursday, I'm giving away some really cute swag. So if you want to be entered into the giveaway and maybe win a hoodie or a really cute mug, all you have to do is leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts or just post about the podcast on your Instagram stories and tag me at Kathy.Heller. So today's winner is Laura Bloomgren. She said... Listen to Kathy. I've been listening to this podcast since the beginning of the pandemic. Kathy is honest, real, and I find her content comforting and uplifting. I started reevaluating my life in New York City after everything shut down, and I had a lot of time for introspection and looking at my life. I realized with the help of Kathy's podcast that I didn't have to feel trapped by my own life, my job, my ego, but that I could instead be excited about the fact that I can change all of it. Thank you for this podcast, Kathy. You've changed my life. I still listen every week. Laura! Thank you. That's so generous. That is so kind. It means so much to me. It's why I do this. And if you're listening right now, I just so appreciate you. I know that your time is the most valuable thing that you have. So thank you. Everyone who listens, every person, you you matter so much to me. We have so many good episodes coming up. So make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen. And if you want to be entered into the giveaway, then leave us a rating and a review. Finally, I'm curious if you enjoyed this episode. Can you think of one other person who loves Busy Phillips or Girls 5 Eva or Freaks and Geeks? If the answer is yes, then share it. Share the episode, email them, text your friend a link or post about why you love this episode and tag me on your Instagram at kathy.heller and I'll repost a few and tag Busy. She's at Busy Phillips and Phillips has two P's. She would love to know that this audience loves her so much. You guys are the best. I'll leave you with a song of mine, and we'll be back tomorrow for another daily mini sewed. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.
3: Did you know I run away? Did you know that I?